You know what it is this week? What is it this week? It's our Valentine's Day special. Oh, of course it is. It's the Valentine's Day special. Anyway, we've got this list of uh, 100 jokes which we use to uh, test the levels. And we've just worked out this one, haven't we? Uh, this is a we? Joke, well, you. It's a joke that uh, Pete Otway told in 2016. And he said, I can't exercise for long periods. When I get back from a run, my girlfriend usually asks if I've forgotten something. And we were scratching our heads over that for five minutes, weren't mm. we, until it eventually uh, the penny dropped. So it's like when you leave the house and then you come back in straight away because you've forgotten something. So he can't, he's not exercising for really at all. So he just runs out and he's going on his run and then he gets back and his girlfriend goes, oh, have you forgotten something? Because he's back so quick. Yeah. It's funny. Is it? I, I still don't quite see it. I mean, you don't get it. Well, I, I sort of get it, but when you says, "Have you forgotten something?" We think, "Well, yeah, you've forgotten the punchline," because it just seems to be bizarre. That this is a no, better... but depending how they tell it, do you yeah. know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, maybe he told it in a very funny way. Maybe I don't know the guy, uh, Pete Otway, but maybe he did. Uh, but I'd rather test the level with this one. They say money can't buy your happiness. Well, check this out. I just bought myself a happy meal. It's not bad. I think that's pretty shit, to be honest. Do you really? I mean, pretty rubbish. Pretty rubbish is what you mean. I'd like to start off by uh, talking Thatcher. Now, this fascinates me. Thatcher. Thatcher. Because she was always known, especially when comedians talked about her as Thatcher. They always said, nobody ever said Margaret Thatcher or Mrs. Thatcher. They just said Thatcher. Uh, And I'm just wondering what the what the continuing fascination is with Thatcher. You know, of all the Prime Ministers we've had, uh, Thatcher... I mean, She's the most divisive as well. Well, yes, you say that, because that's sort of gone down in... I mean, she was divisive, yeah, absolutely true. I don't mean the most divisive at the time, I mean the most divisive now. People, do, do people, it's still really controversial. There's still people at college who are very pro Thatcher, and people who are anti Thatcher, who and people really, really hate. Like, if you dislike her, you it's with the fire of a thousand suns dislike her. Fire of a thousand suns. Yeah. Well, like it really does. And some people really like respect her and say she did all these things and stuff. And other people really, really hate her. And it still is quite. But people who really don't. Don't know we weren't around at the time, obviously, because nobody your college yeah, was. Yeah, but you can have opinions about things not, in the past. I'm not saying you can't have an opinion of it. I'm saying it's just fascinating the way people do have an. You know, where, where yeah, but people have an opinion have an, on Churchill. Yeah, because that was during wartime. Um, yeah, but why is that any different? different? I'll, t- well, I'll tell you why it's different. It's because Mrs. Thatcher is a peacetime prime minister in the same way as James Callaghan, Gordon Brown, Tony Blair, lots of other uh, peacetime prime ministers. For instance, if I asked you about James Callaghan, would you no, even know the name? To, that's a ridiculous argument because some figures in history are um, more interesting than others. What prompted this was there's a statue of Margaret Thatcher being put up in her hometown of Grantham, mm-hmm. which seems to me to be about reasonable, yeah. actually, because it is a hometown and she was the first woman Prime Minister. The police are saying, basically, they they don't really want this statue to go up because they're going to have to deal with uh, with vandalism and people. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure people will vandalise it. So, in fact, people will probably travel from uh, your mining areas in the north of England to uh, yeah. Lincolnshire to uh, to vandalise it or get off the train at Grantham because these co- that's very handy for, <laughs> uh, for for Leeds. But it, ju- it just amazes me that, that school kids sort of, know about Thatcher's and it's an, if you if you live through the period the mines closed but as you as you've said they were going to close anyway at some point 
Yeah, but the way she went about it wasn't great. No, it wasn't great at all. It was uh, bad. Yes. And I understand. I don't have the same abhorrence for it as people who lived through the mines closing who were made unemployed and who lived through really, really difficult times. We've all seen Billy Elliot. I was um, going to say, it's probably Billy Elliot that's... Um... No, but it's true, though, that it was a really, really difficult time for people. I don't have the same abhorrence for that, for her, because it doesn't touch me in such a personal way. But I do understand it, and I think that people are entitled to vandalise her statue if they want. People are entitled to vandalise a statue? But that doesn't well, mean that there shouldn't be a statue. I think that it goes along with having the statue. People should be entitled to it. So what should happen? These, if, if it's these are entitled act- people who are vandalising the statue. What should, which obviously is vandalism. Well, they would face, the, I don't know what the laws are around vandalism, but you would face those. But that's not a reason for a statue not to be built just because you think it might get vandalised. But I don't understand what you say people should be... So the statue should be built, but people should vandalise it. No, not people should vandalise it, but people, if they want to vandalise it, that's their their choice. See, my view on um, on Thatcher and and some of the people that followed her, whether it, you know, right up to Tony Blair, who a lot of people said is the uh, the natural heir to Thatcher. A lot of people did say that. Blair. They still say that, that Tony Blair was Thatcher's child. Not literally, but um, but metaphorically Thatcher's child. But my view is that it's having lived through all that period, having lived through Mrs. Thatcher and uh, James Callaghan and uh, Tony Blair and Gordon Brown, is that she was supposed to be the great sort of right-wing economist. But things sort of carried on the same. You know, even under Harold Wilson, going way back, you know, he had to go to the International Monetary Fund to because the economy was tanking and that sort of thing. And all those measures that Thatcher brought in, they were more or less the same sort of measures that were brought in, except she was a bit more enthusiastic about bringing in monetary policy and all that. But the same thing happened under Callaghan and the same things happened under, under Harold Wilson and others. It just is interesting that mm. she is the only... Prime Minister of that area that's remembered. Universities in the news again, mm-hmm. Ruth. This story says universities should, quotes, decolonise the curriculum to end the dominance of, quotes, white Western values and beliefs, uh, according to advice published by the new regulator. Mm-hmm. It's the first time the Office for Students has lent its support to those behind campaigns such as Roads Must Fall and Why Is My Curriculum White?, and to demands to move undergraduate studies away from dead white men. So those dead white men. Are well, no, I think that's a that's an it's like an inflammatory remark to say dead white men because no, it that's gets what said. yeah no no but it gets it's a good line. The actual sentiment behind the whole thing is a really good one of that we study the same figures in history over and over and over again, and the figures who are black that we do study stay the same so people will always study Martin Luther King and Nelson Mandela but they don't tend to study Mary Seacole as much as they should do I think they do at school all, but all no, we still you still go things about so Mary that Seacole. okay that was a bad example so Mary Seacole I learned a bit about at primary school but only a mention of we learned about Florence Nightingale much more all the history I've ever done in school has been white history I think it's one yeah. of the problems Everything is through the filter of uh, slavery. Slavery was such a thing for so long. I've never learned about slavery, really, though. Capitalism is sort of built on slavery to to a large extent. And that would mean that because 
blacks were slaves. They didn't have a chance to make it. You know, yeah, they no, were no, subjugated. I understand, yeah. Therefore, and it's part that and there's part of the reason why start. Yeah, no, and that's part of the reason why you have it with women as well when you do English literature. M- many more of the the writers that you study are men. And that's part partly because women have just not written as many books because they were oppressed for so long it's not just black history it's like asian history we we don't really learn about china or japan you could study the partition of india we don't do that some people at high school for their gcse will study the war then they will study the war again at a level and in high school they've studied the war they've studied about from 1914 to 1945 about 40 years of history in their entire schooling and never studied anyone who's not white so have you ever heard of a thing called deep fake deep fake yeah as in f-a-k-e yeah no no i've heard of deep i've heard of fake news obviously right so deep fake i'm just going to show you an example of it i've got the link to it because i think that that will be the easiest way for you to understand what it is so anything at any point in time even if they would never say those things so for instance, they could have me say things like, uh, I don't know, how about this, simply, President Trump is a total and complete dipshit. You see, I would never say these things. So I'll explain what I've just showed you for the listeners. Yes, so it's a video of Obama, um, and he's saying lots of different things that he would never say, and it looks completely real. Mm. Um, it, and the beginning of the video shows, and you think it's just actual Obama speaking, because it's so... It's so it accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's an artificial intelligence-based human image synthesis technique. And you combine and superimpose existing images so you can get an, lots of actual videos of Obama speaking, so you the way he, his mouth moves. And there's enough hours of footage of mm-hmm. him that you can pretty much get any facial expression or whatever. And then you put that on top of the actual person who will make the who will do the voice or whatever, and not do the voice, but who no, will... No, because it's not imitations, is no, it? No, it's, it's not people. It's not expressions. So they will move their head and stuff, and then they will put that on top to make Obama's head move and his mouth move and whatever, but the voice is actually Obama's. Basically, AIs will take Obama's voice mm-hmm. and get Obama's voice saying pretty well anything. Pretty much whatever, but in, in so a I could, video. Yeah, in a video. So I could say, and the, the movements are right as well, yeah. because AIs will do that. So if I wanted Obama to say, yeah, hey, climate change doesn't exist, go out there, do as many plastic bags as you want, burn things in the garden, because we've proved it, climate change doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. If I could, I could say that, just me saying it, and AI could do it into Obama's voice, taking all the footage that yeah. we've got of Obama. And then, and, and the then movements. they, and then they, but someone has to, they have to have a video of someone, a real person, mm. actually talking and things that yeah. then they put the Obama like costume almost on top of. Mm. And so it's just really, really terrifying mm. because you could basically, anyone could, so at the moment, there, you can still just about tell. That it's not the I real don't think Obama. You can. That looks real Obama to me. I think you, um, when I've read about it and stuff, you can just about tell. But that video, but that video is from like a year ago or something. And then if you look at the videos of deepfake from four years before that, they look like you can tell instantly it's not a real person. Like it mm. just looks so. So what fake. we're saying is, so we're saying if, it, if it's already that much better in 
four years or whatever and that's from a year ago imagine how good it you know there's literally Mm. there will be a point where there's absolutely no way to tell even experts won't be able to tell so then it's like what i think we're almost at that point i mean basically what you're saying it is terrifying what you're saying is don't believe anything you see on the internet don't believe well don't believe anything you see on the internet don't believe anything you see on tv the only way to really know if someone is someone is to see them do you know what I mean? And it, it's also really scary. So I've talked about this before. If you have one of those Alexa things, I think this is kind of hypocritical because there's going to be hours of hours of sound bites of us saying stuff now. But if you look at um, that, if you have one of those little Alexa things, mm. the because they save absolutely all of that information. Um, so I mean, I think it, people who have those are actual idiots. <laughs> it's true that they say anyone can access that from anywhere and first of all listen into your conversations but also save everything you've ever said to one of those and so then they can take all the sound bites and make you say whatever you want mm. so like and i've said this before like for example if you the donald trump video but you couldn't see him but you could hear the sound of him mm. saying you know grab him by whatever mm. and the and that at the moment or when it came out at least, had weight to it, that we knew that Donald Trump had actually said that. Mm. But it's worked in two ways, is that anyone could make you say anything, but you could also, a video could come out of you admitting to a crime, and then you could say, oh, no, no, that's not real, it's just someone's superimposed. Brilliant. By the way, if you have got one of those assistants, all you need to say to it is, play Ruthie, Me and My Dad podcast, and it will play it for you exactly because I mean people do have them now. No, I understand. Yeah, I mean you are I, actually I mean, you're actual idiots. We've heard Ruth. <laughs> no, that, I didn't mean it. I meant like I just. It's dangerous when you. I met think they're, they're like, really scary. Yeah, I agree. And with I you. wouldn't have one personally, but but then again, I also have a a phone with a a yeah. phone with a microphone in it. So mm. there's n- literally unless you were to go completely off grid, there's really no way to escape no. all that stuff, which is terrifying. It is terrifying, and it also it it creates a climate i think of like you just can never trust anyone uh, some nice emails ruth again oh As i'm not next week though when i because i've called everyone idiots now no that's right uh all you idiots who've got these what do they call it, internet assistants or no, something I'm, like alexis uh, i know what you mean but and google home but there's now uh, a sort of oh an uh, umbrella term yes there's an umbrella term i oh, think I they something assistants um, but anyway, idiots or not, thank you very much indeed for writing to us. Uh, Rob Walker says, Hi, Martin and Ruth. First of all, let's see how much I enjoy the podcast. Bless you. And he says, um, I've got a query. Uh, do you think, this is probably meant for you rather than me, Ruth. Yeah. Uh, he says, do you think listening to an audio book is the same as reading a book? Do you think you get as much as, keep up the good work, that's which is Rob Walker. So it is interesting. Do you think... Um. I was used to listen to audio books in the car when I was years ago when I had long journeys to make, mm. like a two hundred mile drive. I would listen to an audio book, but my mind would drift. Whereas when you can actually see the words, I think it's the the act of actually yeah. seeing the words. Yeah, I think that is true. And then also not having the so, and, and depending on the audio book, the voice is different and stuff. But then people who like travel a lot anything that makes people read more than they would or makes people listen to uh, hear stories more than they would then that's always it doesn't really matter do you know what i mean like whether it's an audiobook or not i've got uh, an email here from colin bell colin is not the uh, well-known manchester city inside forward of the 1970s oh yeah really well known that (laughs) Uh, uh, says hi martin ruth as a frequent visitor to the lake district i have to pedantically correct a fact 
There is one lake in the Lake District. What? Yes, there is. That's not true. It is. It's Bassenthwaite Lake, he says. Uh, all and, of, and it's an actual Canada's Lake. It's an actual Canada's Lake. He says all of the others are meres. Yeah, the, that's what I thought they were all meres. Windermere and Grassmere, all waters, i.e. Coniston Water It's so and weird Derwent how they water. call it Lake Windermere. Mm. Like, it's literally a weir. It's, it's a mere. Yeah. It's in there. Yeah. But they call it Lake. It's well, it's, it's not a lake, as you said last week, but Bassenthwaite is. Um, and he says when Ruth chooses Lancaster, she'll be able to visit them all. Um, Colin Bell, not the Colin Bell, and he's put very usefully, you know, because you often suspect these people are just my cronies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's put Martin Crony checklist, age 50, fighting, fighting talk listener, tick, talk sport listener, tick. Always correct my 24 and 20 year olds on their use of less on the occasions that it should be fewer, tick. So, very much in the crony department. Andrew Mannion says, uh, interesting piece on the infertile. Inf- infantilization of TV I agree mm. there is uh, uh, the more highbrow probing on at the moment and Ruth cited some excellent examples the issue today yes, <laughs> the issue today is the scheduling prime time TV is appallingly bad and infantile uh, 20 years ago he says I'm only 34 same as when he was 14 20 years ago uh, prime time had quality chat shows like Wogan or This Is Your Life uh, today these types of shows wouldn't work Um, Even the National Geographic Channel, which was once the paragon of educational TV, is a pit of gold rush and deadliest catch and a result of the more general infantilised... Infantilisation. Infantilisation, brilliant. And he says, P.S. the G is silent in my surname. Um, and where you got it? This what, wait, what was his name? His name is Andrew Mannion. Uh, it's spelled M-A-N-G-I-O-N. But huh. it's pronounced Mannion. Interesting. So, yeah. Like onion? Yeah, very much so, but with a G. Stephen Swinburne, uh, who very much is a crony, so much so he subscribes to my other podcast. No! Yes, how much of a crony I didn't know they existed. Mm, Regarding the Liam Neeson story, and whether he made his story up or heard it from someone else... It's amazing, though, just quickly. Mm, um, That was everywhere last week. Mm. Already, literally no one cares anymore. No. Do you see how quickly stuff... Precisely. In the 24-hour news cycle... Even, well, people always used to say, oh, it'll be fish and chip paper tomorrow. Mm. And uh, obviously now fish and chip paper isn't newspaper. Fish and chip anyway. screens just in between a computer. Mm. Uh, anyway, he says, regarding Liam Neeson, whether he made it up or heard it from somewhere else, if in his version of events you substitute 40 years ago with 1974, his friend with wife raped with murdered a kosh with a gun and black man with new york hoodlums then you have the exact plot of the michael winner film death wish so a film which was really i thought you meant his actual wife because obviously his wife did that yeah yeah and he was he's had a series of uh, long-term relationships with actresses uh, I think it was with Helen Mirren for. He was with Hel- He lived with Helen Mirren. Yeah, for about four or five yeah. years, didn't he? And then there's that's few- f- they were on the Graham Norton show together as well, which oh, is quite weird. They? Like, obviously, it was years and years, years and ago, years and okay. years after yeah. they were together when they were both like young. Yes. Anyway, apparently the film Death Wish was remade uh, in 2018 with Bruce Willis. Oh, uh, I'm sure that is excellent. And Steve, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. And Steve Swinburne says coincidence? With a question mark. <laughs> So thank you for all those. If you do want to uh, email us, um, we do love to get them, don't we, Ruth? Yeah. I always read them. 
Uh, what are you, do, sorry, what are you implying? I'm not implying anything. Um, I'm just going straight out and saying it. Martin and Ruth podcast at gmail.com. Uh, that again, Martin and Ruth podcast at gmail.com. We'll have a short break and oh. then we'll have some music. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Start with you this week, Ruth. Okay, cool. Mine is a song called I Wanna Be Cool mm-hmm. by Donny Trumpet and The Social Experiment. What's it like being cool? I just can't stay cool. I wanna be cool. I don't want you to be me. You should just be you. There is Donny Trumpet and uh, the social experiment. I want to be cool. So, Mr. and Mrs. Is... Trumpet must be so proud <laughs> of him. This is quite difficult because. They've done stuff with Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper is massive, mega, mega famous. But they've done stuff with them. And then this is from their album, Surf, which is their only album. Mm-hmm. Um, they've not got, usually, I can find out with a band that's like lesser known easily on Spotify because they mm-hmm. have like buyers and stuff. Donnie Trumpet and the Social Experiment do not. Donnie so where did you Trumpet, hear it? Where did, where did you pick it up from? Was it recommended, recommended to you on Spotify? To me, yeah. Yeah. Donnie Trumpet is an American trumpeteer. Like, actually... Plays a trumpet, yeah. yeah. Um, From Chicago. He's part of the Hip Hop Collective with Chance the Rapper and Vic Mensa, amongst other people, I think. Mm -hmm. Now, he's in the band, The Social Experiment, but the songs, when they're who it's by and stuff, it says Donny Trumpet and The Social Experiment, not The Social Experiment, and Donny Trumpet is a member of it. So I don't really understand that. Well, they'd be like The Supremes. It was originally everything was, it came out and it was The Supremes, and then they became Diana Ross and The Supremes because yeah. they wanted to promote Diana Ross a wee bit more. Um, so it'd be the same sort of thing. Yeah, I, I guess it's that, innit? Yeah. Um, have you heard of Prefab Sprout? No. Well, you're going to hear them now. Twelve days in Paris, and I'm waiting for life to start. In the lobby of the Hotel Charlemagne, they're hanging photographs of rap artists and minor royalty. All cigarettes have been airbrushed from these pictures, making everyone a liar and saving no one from their folly. As proud as Lucifer, I do nothing to hide my kerosene dress and flint eyes, which, with one steady look, are able to restore to these images... 
That's much like the beginning of that Tom Mish. It is a bit. Well, I thought so that's why I thought you'd like it. No, I like it. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Prefab Sprout Weird. were uh, a band in 1978. Mm-hmm. Um, Paddy McAloon is the uh, is the lead singer. Crazy name, crazy guy. But we used to play them a lot on the uh, on the radio in the uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. That one's called I Troll the Megahertz. And it's sort of a bit of classical, a bit of jazz, uh, the spoken word, which you, which you heard there. Originally released in 2003. It's really good. This oh, it's quite new as well, though. For you, I mean. Well, for me. <laughs> it is over a decade ago, but it's new for you. It's new for me. Well, well it's been reissued uh, this month. It's out. It's, uh, it's a brand oh. new album. And I read about it in one of the Sunday papers, and I thought, wow, I love Prefab Sprout because they were a very radio-friendly band in the late Mm. 70s, early 80s, uh, when I was a famous disc jockey, having read about the fact that they've got an album out. But it's one one long piece with, Mm. like I say, jazz, classical, spoken word and all that. So it buys into two things we were talking about last week. One thing, as you heard there, was the airbrushing of cigarettes, as she was talking about yeah. from pictures, making us all liars. And mm-hmm. also long songs, because that song is 21 minutes long. Paddy McAloon brought this out. Uh, first of all, under his own name, just Paddy McAloon in 2003, and then uh, re reissued in 2019. Uh, he says, Oi, that record was so important to me because he's from Newcastle, you see. And that is a terrible Newcastle is, accent. I know, wow. I know. You're usually all right at accents, but that was um, really awful. It was. Well, it's because I've got a bit of a cold, and it was in the flow of things. He says, I was so disappointed that The Guardian never even reviewed it. Anyway, he said it stayed within the review. They brought it out again under the name of Prefab Sprout. But I would recommend to you that you check out Prefab Sprout's other stuff from the Mm. 80s. You would love it. I know you would love that band, Prefab Sprout. I will do. Private schools, What's, where do you stand on uh, Oh, I don't think they education? should exist. They do do some things. I'm not saying they're an inherent evil. No. But. Well, there's been a couple of books out about uh, private schools. One called Engines of Privilege, Britain's Private School Problem. Obviously talking about the fact that mm. um, most of the people in the government went to private school. Yeah, most most yeah, of the yeah. people at the top of the media and all that. Uh, and a review of this in uh, Private Eye says, uh, worse, you know, worse than all that, the charm, poise and social connection instilled in alumni of uh, Eton, Harrow uh, and yeah. the others enabled them to shine in areas such as pop music and acting where horny-handed sons and daughters of the soil once got at least some kind of look in. I thought it was an interesting thing because years ago the escape from the ghetto if you like the was uh, not quite the ghetto but you know if you're if you're a, mm. a, a sort of ordinary lad from Liverpool the escape was forming a pop group you know you, yeah. could, you could be the Beatles or Jenny and the Pacemakers yeah, or well, Searchers or any of those mm-hmm. or you could uh, go into acting all the people Albert Finney is just you know Salford lad went to Salford Grammar School which you know not a private school but Albert Finney's just died and then you hear all the other guys the northern actors Tom Courtney and people like that uh, so acting and pop music were a sort were of were the the you, places for working yeah, class people and, and to do well. like yeah. boxing and football and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. now uh, it seems even that has been taken over by the private schools. Yeah, and I guess like comedy to an extent as well. Yeah, yeah. Is, there's a real so people like Jack Whitehall, and I don't want to sound like I don't think Jack Whitehall's funny. I think he's yeah, a really good. really good yeah. comedian. But there is um, a movement of all these like really posh private school, especially boys, posh private school boys mm. who do really funny comedy but comedy used to be one of the places where it was a lot of working class people making 
it was. working class jerks or not even working class but I know what you mean back but in you the know 70s. what I mean or even with people like I mean Pete, when Peter Kay was at his like real height and mm. stuff you know it was yeah, more yeah, of yeah. a place for for ordinary people yeah. but the, is James A. Castor is he a private school person you'd I would have so. thought so, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't actually I do love know. it. I've only just... Ivo I mean, Graham is... Yes, I, I think he's hilarious. But he um, he went to oh, Eton or something, didn't he? I think he did. He was certainly a private school guy. Yeah. Personal friend, by the way. <laughs> uh, well, he is, uh, actually. No, um, and again, I think I think all of them are funny as well, but it just mm. it's another thing of that... Yeah. But you you sort of point him in the direction of James Acaster because you're a big fan, aren't you? Big James Acaster. And I think I've, he's so funny. I, st- I thought, well, I'll watch this. So now that I'm into Netflix and everything, I watched his Netflix special, and mm. it's brilliant. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. You know, I would. He's hilarious th- on stuff like "Would I Lie to You" mm. and all well, those. I don't want, I'm, I'm sort stuff. of a bit allergic to those panel shows. I don't like them, but um, on um, his Netflix special is just fantastic. Mm. Just give you one bit, which I was going to use as the joke to test the level, but I rather like it. He does this thing about how childhood's so difficult because everybody all the time is asking you, "What do you want to do when you grow up?" What do you want to do when you grow up? And he said, you know, the, one of his uncles came up to me, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he says, well, I want to be secure enough in myself so I don't have to go around asking six-year-olds what they want to do when they grow up. That's by the <laughs> by. But, but uh, that's, I think, that's I think me stealing the... a bit of James. People said, you know, when I do the, the, the joke at the start and everything, yeah. so, so they said, so what are you doing? You're just stealing other people's jokes. And I said, no, no, curating. You can't, it's curating, it's not the same. Yeah. But with the, the private schools, and I think that one of the main things, less than having like more opportunities it's the the sense of entitlement entitlement that you get and it, i'm not even saying it's a sense of entitlement in a bad way but you can tell the people who walk into a room and they believe that they belong there and they mm. they they should be there and i've I, so i went to a lecture at durham uni um which is famously almost i think it might uni. almost have more private school kids than than Oxford and Cambridge, yeah. like it's so elite. I think you're right because I think they made an effort. Oxford and Cambridge but to have some because they like, have to, yeah. but whereas Durham don't really have to, and it's really collegiate. And it's even the kids who went at private schools are often at very fancy grammar schools and stuff. And the I went so I went to this lecture, and obviously I don't know these people, but the people who put their hand up and asked questions at the end of the lecture, I would guess that they were private <laughs> school kids because because of the smaller class sizes. I think you end up being more confident. As much as we can, we should allow kids to start off their life on an equal playing field, mm. which obviously people don't have because some people's parents never have more happen. money, and yeah. which will never happen. But we sh- if we could get rid of private schools, then at least we would be going part of the way. I think uh, maybe in a way, we sort of assign too much to the education system and not enough to family circumstances. What your parents teach you is just so pivotal to your entire life and stuff but there's no way to so there's some people who are not equipped to be parents and often they will have children who pay for it in their, for their entire life but how do you ever well, that, that's not always just giving more money and more support to parents like that's sometimes some of that is just it's just the way they were brought up possibly. yeah there was so a, how would you how yeah would you do there it? was uh, a politician he was but then his, also you're moving just before while well, i remember and we're still on this you're moving to a an idea of like collectivized upbringing of people so like plato in the republic um says that this will make kids the strongest and stuff but that's what like the nazis and um well it's it also recommended what, and it's also what it's also what, what orwell the, refers to in 1984 do you know what i mean then you're getting onto a very scary 
world. Interestingly, it's what it's how they bring up kids in the kibbutzim in Israel. When I was in Israel, all the kids uh, are taken from their parents and they brought they go to the children's house they call it and mm-hmm. they're brought up collectively. Yeah. The, I don't know whether they still do it. I think it's, it might have it might have sort of died out a bit there. Yeah. But it was a, a a key a key thing in the kibbutzim. All the kids were taken away. And they were they went to the children's house. So you know, as soon as they maybe you had them for the first six months of their life, and then they were brought up. Collect- only six months. Six months, maybe a year. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. But then they would they were taken to the children's house so that the the mothers could carry on working in the fields and everything. So yeah. the, the mothers would there'd be a very short time that they'd be with with the mothers. They brought them up collectively considered to be very idealistic. Tony Benn, who was a very socialist politician, yeah. who was one of Jeremy Corbyn's uh, mentors, if you like, uh, he was, oh, I'm all for Israel and the kibbutzim and bringing the children up collectively like that, and the collective yeah. farms which the kibbutzim Well, were. that's what they used to do in Sparta as well. Yeah, but it's not turned out necessarily for the good because if you actually go to Israel now, there's a lot of social graces that haven't been learned, put it that way. Mm. It's People are still, the jury is very much still out yeah. on that. So it's was, very easy to take hold of people that way though and um, indoctrinate them into a fascist regime and stuff do you know what I mean when you start to educate everyone collectively you're also making clones of people which is not great let's lighten the whole thing up and uh, finish with uh, Cardi B news um, My favourite type. Well, I've, I've become a big fan of Cardi B since uh, we, we played her on the uh, music spot. Mm-hmm. I was not particularly a fan of her music, but a fan. And she did win the best rap album, didn't she? The she did. And had she's a, also quite an act, like outspoken activist now, as well. Yes, she is. Uh, well, listen to this: uh, Cardi B and her romantic partner Offset. Offset, you know, off, yeah. Offset, From Migos. Yes, you see, his mum and dad, Mr and Mrs Offset, must be so <laughs> pleased with him. But anyway, Wow, second time you made that joke. I know, but it was so good. I mean, it never stops being funny, that one. Mm, anyway, we'll she's post- Cardi B, who, as you say, is quite active in all sorts of areas. Uh, yeah. she, she posted uh, to Instagram footage of uh, the kitchen cupboards in the place, you know, what's in the kitchen cupboards of the place that she shares with Offset. And apparently they're full of cereal. Not British full, which would be like five boxes, says Caitlin Moran. Catelyn. Mm. No, uh, not mm, Catelyn. All right, Catelyn Moran. Yeah, so Catelyn Moran says, these cupboards are not British full, which would be like five boxes, but American full, 40, 40 <laughs> boxes of cereal. God, that sounds like an absolute dream. Well, let me tell you what your uh, hero Caitlin Moran says. She says, oh, Catelyn, she says, how do people like cereal so much? <gasps> Cereal, cereal is, and then she uses that S word again. Uh, She said, so desiccated and gnarly, you have to send milk in to sort it out. What? Um, That's such crap. Well, and she says, and that's Rice Krispies or Shreddies, the healthy, not dangerous stuff. By the time you get to things such as Lucky Charms and Chips Ahoy, that's America. Pretending you you could have massive lumps of chocolate or marshmallow for breakfast every day. But they're brilliant. live past the age of 47 cereal do you want to know how Kathleen sums it up yeah cereal she says it's either boredom or death in a box no it's so good if I could eat cereal for all three meals I would well that's what Seinfeld said the same thing he said, it's so good and it's crunchy and also the milk is good. It's just so... And you can have cereal desserts but also more cereal main courses like Weetabix. There's those cereal cafes now which I'm all for. Mm. 
Well, there you go. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us about serial or any other major issues that we've uh, raised, serial... Pri- oh, I never got to say the joke about private schools, which was um, very good because it's a Samuel Beckett joke. Do you know Samuel Beckett? Yes, um, the wait, playwright, wait, wait, Waiting, waiting for, for Goddard. Goddard. The Irish playwright. Well, he was a teacher at a private school in Belfast, uh, Campbell College in Belfast. He was a teacher there. Mm-hmm. And he quit. He quit. He said... Uh, he didn't. He thought it was rubbish. He thought it was uh, Spartan and brutal and uh, full. Of, yeah. You know, so he quit. And when he quit, like, actually, on this, um, I've got some friends who have be- been to private school and stuff, and the girls that I've heard about at private schools are much more bitchy. Can I say bitchy? You can say bitchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the the boys are more mean, and there's more they're more cruel at private schools, and I think that's maybe because the they're under so much pressure to do really mm. well because private schools expect it that everyone's like meet like properly like high like high school film mean to mm. each other more so than in state schools. Well, Samuel Beckett found that he said it was brutal. He quit as a master at Campbell College in Belfast, and he was told he was abandoning quotes the cream of Ulster, and he replied, "Yes, rich and thick." <laughs> that is funny. So we've had we've curated some fine jokes. Yes. Uh, if you indeed. want to get into, yes, if you want to get in touch with us about any of the issues we've raised, private schools, serial, uh, Cardi B, anything uh, you can do, it's Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail And if you want to listen to the songs in full on Spotify or any of the songs from any of the other weeks, then you can go to Spotify and search Martin and Ruth or Ruthie, me and my dad, and either of those will get you to the playlist. Did you want me to tell you a meme? Oh, have we forgot a meme of the week? Well, we didn't, because I... You remembered it, yeah. I forgot it. Go on, then. This is, like, some a tweet that someone's taken and put on Instagram as a meme. Um, so, my girlfriend told me to treat her like a princess, so I married her off to a random stranger to strengthen the alliance with France. <laughs> good, good. That will uh, do it for this week, then. So, thank you very much indeed for uh, listening, and uh, subscribe and like. We will say this, don't we? Subscribe, like. We used to think nobody could care less i just think if someone's gonna like something <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're like, like it, it anyway yeah but we don't mean like they're not gonna we, be like oh like it oh okay yeah no, we, we, but we mean like there's every possibility you might like it but now we want you to like it as well okay thank you for listening